We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. Uh, I'm coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri in my study here at beautiful Ascension Lutheran Church. Uh, and John, I think you're still in Minnesota, right? We, we are still in Northfield, Minnesota. Okay. So while you're down there sweating, because I hear that it's been uh, in the 90s, maybe even touching 100, humidity is probably at 80%. We're up here with a 60-degree temperature. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been hot and humid. We've, we've got fields of mushrooms growing in our church lawn. It's crazy. Oh, it just keeps raining every other day. It's like we're in Florida um, with a, an afternoon downpour every day, it feels like. So, oh, boy. Anyway, yeah, that's the way so, it is. So this is why we live in Minnesota during the summer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's what you keep reminding me. <laughs> so, so I want to, I want to tell you, uh, give you an example of of God working everything for the good. Um, we we started talking about sheep. Uh, I want to do a little study about how the Bible talks about sheep yes. and the different yeah. words. Um, and, and we didn't get very far because we got off on another subject, and, and that was fine. I, I don't, although I was a little disappointed because you know I sent you all these notes, and I thought, but and we didn't, we barely got. But you know what? That was actually <laughs> smart. God, God knew better than me because, to be honest with you, I did not really truly understand the passage we were talking about. To the last week, <laughs> I thought I did, <laughs> All right. but, but in reflection, I realized no, no. There's well, I, I'll, I'll just illustrate. I'll explain you what okay. I'm saying. Okay. If you don't mind, Matt, uh, do you have Isaiah 53 there? I do, and we'll stick to the program this week, John. I will stick to the <laughs> script. No strain. <laughs> no, that's okay because sometimes it's fun when we get off on these okay. sidetracks. That's no problem. And sometimes maybe the Lord wants us to get off on a sidetrack because he says, you know, you haven't really grasped what I'm trying to say yet. True so enough. I'm give you give you another week to think about it. So anyway, so here's the key passage. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Just real quick, an introductory thought. Have you ever heard the saying that the Eskimos have 200 words for snow? Have you ever? Heard I have. That? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. Yeah, they, yeah. Minnesota, I think, has about just as many jobs. <laughs> That's right. We could. We could. <laughs> but but we don't, and they don't either. That's just some story. No, why would you need 200 words for snow for? But it turns out that the Hebrew Bible does have a lot of word for sheep. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, and, and the reason it has a lot of words for sheep primarily has to do with the sacrifices, because the... Uh, um, the whole details about the sacrifices have to be very specific. So you have a word for male lamb and a word for female lamb and a word for ram and a word for male goat and a word for goats in general and another word for mountain sheep. And because you got to be very, very specific about what God wants done for these individual sacrifices. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what, what we want to focus on are three general words that the Bible uses okay. for sheep. So we're not getting into the technical words that are used uh, in the various sacrifices, but three general words. And they happen to be found all in the same chapter and a couple of verses, Isaiah 53, 6 and 7. 
if you would read that, please. Okay. Because this is this show's not long enough to go through all 200 words for sheep, John. So no, I'm glad no, you're narrowing it down for us. That's right. We wouldn't <laughs> want to do that anyway. Yeah. All right. This, back to the script, uh, Isaiah 53. Here we go. Uh, this is Isaiah 53, verse 6. We all like sheep. There's that word. Sheep have yeah. gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. All right, and, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because this we actually did deal with, I think, pretty thoroughly. Uh, uh, the fact of the matter is the word sheep here actually isn't sheep. It, it just means one of the flock. It could mean a herd of sheep. It could mean a herd of goats. It could mean a herd of guinea pigs. I, I don't think they herded guinea pigs, <laughs> but if they did, it could have. Um, and, and so basically the idea is one of the flock, and, and you had this great insight from last week. When you hear one of the flock, what New Testament story came to your mind, Matt? Well, yeah, oh boy, you know, a couple parables, but especially the one of the uh, the 100 sheep and the, the one that goes astray and the 99 that are left behind, and the shepherd goes out and seeks the one that went astray. And, and read again the first part of that verse, because it's exactly what you said, Matt. Read the yeah. first part. We all, like sheep, have... Gone astray. Yeah. And, and we've turned everyone because, of course, that's the point of that parable. Yes. Uh, Jesus is talking to Pharisees and he says, you know, the 99 righteous sheep, you know, they don't really need a shepherd. It's the one who goes astray. And, of course, what he's doing, uh, Jesus is alluding to this passage, reminding the Pharisees that the Bible clearly says we've all gone astray. It's not one versus 99 good sheep. It's all sheep have gone astray. Yeah, and I, I like how, you know, here in Isaiah, it, it says that twice, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, all we like sheep have gone astray. And in case you didn't get it, we have everyone turned his own way. So like you said, just every one of us, we're in that same boat, that same flock. We've each individually gone astray. And, and so thank you for pointing out, Matt, that that's so important that the Bible has to repeat it yeah. for people like me. Because, And I'm saying that because now we're going to go to the second verse we had, and here's where I missed the point completely. And yet again, it is repeated in the text. <laughs> so so if you would read verse uh, 7, I see on your notes here, you could actually include verse 8 as well, or, or the end of verse 7. It's divided up there on the notes, I said. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. All right, so the word lamb there uh, uh, is actually, it, it's a synonym of yeah. the word we had before, uh -huh. all we like sheep. Again, it means one that, that's part of the flock. And, and so here's the thought I had last week that I realize now is totally inadequate. My okay. thought was... <laughs> well, I might as well tell him the inadequate stuff as well as the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh, well, I appreciate your honesty. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, because my thought was, okay, so we have a synonym, which makes sense. Because mm -hmm. is Jesus part of our flock? He's different from the flock. Yeah, yeah. He's a human like us. That's the so whole he, thing. He, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Matt. Well, yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, I guess, what do you mean by flock? And yeah, so in, in that respect that he's human, yeah, yeah, in that respect he's part of the flock. And yet, why would it be appropriate to use a different word for him than, than just use the same word that is used for us? You know, because he's he's true man, but he's also, he's true God. He's the son of God, too. So, and, so, so go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. And, and I think, too, and just in terms of sacrifices, you know, he's he's that perfect one. You know, we, we like we like sheep are going astray, like we just pointed out. Jesus is the one that, that didn't go astray. He's the one that's perfect. 
So, so that's that's where I was going to, Matt. So, yeah, we got us. We're the ones that go astray. We have the perfect sheep who actually offers himself mm-hmm. up as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, maybe maybe that you had similar thoughts. So maybe it isn't as as dumb as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, John. <laughs> well, that's true. Just because you and I had thought it, that, that doesn't say anything, does it? Uh, how, however, I, I, I do think there's another point. Maybe that's what I should say. I think that is a point. Okay. But I think there's another point being made here. Because what's the thing that that verse 7 emphasizes about this lamb and then again about the sheep? What, what's what's distinctive about the lamb and the sheep? Okay. In fact, yeah. it's so distinctive, the text repeats it twice. Sure. Uh, oppressed, afflicted, uh, certainly, you know, twice it's mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah, the affliction he endured, the oppression he endured. Well, now you're making me feel really good because you didn't notice it either. No, well, I, well, I guess, but, you know, I, so that's repeated. But then, yeah, the other thing that's repeated, too, is the, the silence, right? You know, yes. opening out his mouth. Before it's here, yeah. just silent. So, well, actually, that's, I guess that's repeated three times even, right, John? Is it really? Open out his is mouth it? like a lamb yeah. that is led before the sheep, uh, the sheep before it's here, oh, silent, right. so open out his mouth. So three times yeah. even that's repeated. Yep, yep, yeah. Yeah, I see, see, I didn't even notice the third time that they're silent, and twice it says, so he opened out his mouth. So obviously the point is, whatever example that Isaiah is using is because of that. Because whatever this creature is we're talking about here, he doesn't open his mouth. So so we go back to that like a lamb led to slaughter who doesn't open his mouth. Um, and, and that is what's distinctive about that particular word for sheep. Uh, it is the word that's used for the Passover lamb. OK, um, now it's also used for other sacrificial lamb, too. But but it is interesting in that section where God gives the directions for the Passover. This is the word for sheep or, or lamb that is used. And, of course, it's translated lamb because, Matt, do you remember what the requirements were for the sacrificial sheep of the Passover? Yeah, so it was a, 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 an animal that without blemish, yeah. uh, one year old, right, or older yeah. than one year old. Uh, even a male lamb, I think, was part of the requirement, too. So pretty specific what that Passover lamb yeah. had to be. And actually, it's not older, but it's younger. Oh, younger, okay. Yeah, yeah, it has to be because, see, that's what defines a lamb. Sure, what, yeah, the, what, what, the one-year mark is the cutoff, right? It's a sheep. Right, that's the cutoff. Old. That's the cutoff. So you've got a, 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 an unblemished male lamb. Uh, and, and here's the thing. You, you know why the lambs would be silent when they were being taken off to be uh, slaughtered? Do you know why they were silent? Silence of the lamb, by the way. People are probably thinking about that movie right now. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but do you know why lambs are silent? Why is that? Because they, they don't know what's going on. They don't going know on. what's going to happen, I would guess. <laughs> That's right. Oh, are we going to the zoo? <laughs> Where are we Maybe we're going to go out and have ice cream. <laughs> Uh, no, that, that's the whole concept. So the, that's why he uses the word there, because the lambs had no idea what was going to happen to them. So they don't make any noise. They have no idea. And that's the next verse, too. Uh, so that next phrase was uh, like a what before? You know what I'm talking about there, Matt? Yeah, uh, like a sheep uh, that, that before cheers is silent, so open out his mouth. Yeah, and, and now that Hebrew word there is a very specific word uh, uh, that we know exactly what it means. It is for a you, for a female sheep, 
Okay. And, and again, the, the reason he has female sheep there, because they wouldn't put up a big fuss when they were being sheared. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the other hand, the ram, the ram would give you lots of trouble when it came time <laughs> to shear his fur. Uh, in fact, you know, biblically speaking, the ram is always a symbol of power. A uh, ram's horn was a symbol of your might. Uh, we today we don't we don't name our our trucks. Ooh, you <laughs> get the brand new Dodge. You Dodge. You <laughs> <laughs> no, we got the Dodge Ram because that's something. That, in fact, I will tell you, uh, don't ever say that we don't give practical advice at Wrestling on the Basics. If you are in a sheep pen and there is a ram in that sheep pen, do not bend over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You're just asking. Let me write that down, John. Yeah. You sheep, you might be okay, but do you not bend over if there is a ram with his horn? Uh, and so, again, what, what, what Isaiah is saying is, of course, we know that when you shear a ewe, they don't make any noise either. Uh, they, they open not their mouths. But now here's where all of a sudden it all fit together. So Isaiah is talking about a, a, a sheep. And we know, of course, he's talking really about who? You know, ultimately about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're going to show you that in the New Testament. The New Testament, they, 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 they love this passage because for them it was kind of the, uh, the passage that is fulfilled so clearly by Jesus Christ. Um, did you ever, you just finished a class, didn't you? What, what class were you taking there in seminary? Yeah, so we were taking a class about the mission of God, the missio dei, uh, the mission of God. Now, did you have to take a test in that? Uh, not a test, a number of papers, but but no tests. Yeah, because now you're in the big leagues. You're doing that master's yeah. program. No more, right no more scantron sheets with the you know, the little bubbles you fill in. Those days <laughs> are right. past. With the number two pencil. <laughs> yeah, no essay questions is what I'm getting at. Because did you ever have a question that says compare and contrast? Oh did sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Similarities, it, differences. Yeah. So so here's the thing. I, I think the image that Isaiah is using here is a matter of contrast. He's not saying the, this Jesus that is coming. He's not like these two. He is like these two things in what? what what's the thing that Jesus shares with both the, uh, the lamb and the ewe? Well, the sacrificial nature of it, the okay. perfection, the, the perfection. Un unblemished. But, um, but again, what's the point he's emphasizing? Well, even the, the silence, too, yeah. uh, that Jesus goes uncomplaining forth to the cross. And, and you know, oh, thank you for quoting the hymn verse. My goodness, aren't yeah, we getting sophisticated? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, you, you people that do your doctorates, I guess you start oh, doing stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, and the thing is, too, Matt, thanks for highlighting what, what a perfect image this is of Jesus in, in every way. It's just, it is all pointing to Jesus, right? It's a shadow, and he's the, he's the fulfillment, uh, as it says in Colossians. But the point here, obviously, is that he's silent. And, of course, we have that. Like you said, you know, that's the thing that puzzles Pilate. Why don't you say something? Don't you understand? I have yeah. your life in my hands. And yet he's, he just remains quiet. But here's the contrast. Again, why was the lamb silent? Why does a lamb not make any noise? So it doesn't know what's going to happen. It doesn't know it's going to the slaughter. Now, is that true of Jesus? No way. No, he fully knows what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. He, he tells his disciples time and time again, he's going to Jerusalem to die. 
In fact, he even prays to the Father, take this cup away from yep. me, because he knows exactly. So that's not the same. That's different. Okay? So yeah, lambs go because they don't understand. But for some reason, this this sacrificial lamb, he will know fully what's going on. And then the same thing with, with the ewe lamb. The ewe, of course, doesn't say anything when it's sheared because it's it's very docile, very docile. But what do we know about Jesus and his power? Yeah. Well, he could have <laughs> come down off that cross like people challenged him to do, but he chose not to. Uh, not because he was without power, not but just out of love. <laughs> oh, thank you, Matt. Because see, that's the point that Isaiah is making. Yeah. Jesus obviously knows completely what's going on. He indeed said, you know, I could call for a, a legion of angels if I wanted to, to defend me. And in fact, you remember when they come to seize him in the garden, all he does is speak and they all fall down. All over, you know? yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what Isaiah said. You got to understand this, this, this one that's coming, this, this suffering servant, he's not going to do what he does because he has to because he's too weak or he's too dumb. Uh, it's not like the Romans and the Jews are forcing him into this. He's doing it because he wants to. He wants to, because go back and read the end, read the whole of verse six. Here's why he's doing this. Here's why he's quiet. When he could have power, when he has knowledge, read, read verse six. Again. Sure. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, that's it. Yeah. We, we're the sinners. The iniquity is on him. And he does it. He does it willingly. And Matt, you had the operative word just, just a minute ago because he loves us. Yeah. He loves us. Yeah. Uh, and, go ahead. Yeah. You just, you know, you, you said that in the New Testament, the, these verses are so key and, and making connections to Jesus. And, you know, I, I just wonder, too, that for the Jews who are there uh, demanding the crucifixion and at the cross even, um, when they mock Jesus and he doesn't come down and he, they see him remain silent before Pilate, you wonder if if they connected any dots, you know, if they thought of Isaiah 53 here at all. Because uh, it, it's just ironic that in their, in their mocking and his remaining silent and staying on the cross, um, that only confirms that he's the one, right? <laughs> it only yes. confirms that he is the one remaining silent. But you just wonder about that, that, oh, wasn't there some sort of, you know, just making a connection that this is the fulfillment of this suffering servant that Isaiah was speaking about. And, and of course, the thing is, nobody does, Matt. Yeah. Uh, as the other passage in Isaiah says, they have ears to hear, but they do not hear. They have eyes to see, but they do not see. And it's not just his enemies. It's his own disciples. Yeah. They, they are totally yeah. clueless to until later, until later. See, that's that's the thing. When the Holy Spirit comes, then they start quoting this passage. Then they start referring to this passage because then they see what we all see clearly. And I guess God reminded me of that, too. I looked at this passage, didn't see what is so clearly and beautifully taught there until uh, I had a chance to reflect on it with the help of the Spirit. Speaking of of, of uh, the New Testament, though, let's, let's move on real quick in the time we have left. Sure. Because I'd, I'd like to get this finished. So we go to the New Testament. Testament. And now, of course, we're in a different language. We're in the Greek. And again, there's a variety of words, certainly not the variety we have in the Old Testament, because we're not doing sacrifices anymore. We don't need to know the details of what kind of animal needs to be sacrificed. So here's the big words in uh, the New Testament. Uh, Pascha, if you wouldn't mind reading Mark 14, 12. Sure. And on the first day of unleavened bread, <clears throat> when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? 
Okay, so, so Pascha is a very technical term. It does mean the Passover lamb, which, you know, kind of reminds us of that verse we just had about the lamb that is silent uh, as it goes to slaughter. But probably more important is the next Greek word, which is omnis. If you wouldn't mind reading this really powerful passage from John 1, oh, 29. Yeah. yeah, so uh, the next day, uh, he saw Jesus coming. So John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him. And John said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And and so if you had had the Greek Bible, the Septuagint, which, mm-hmm. of course, is what Jesus and his disciples would have had. We, we, we forget that. They, they were actually reading the Bible in the Greek not in the Hebrew, just like we don't read the Bible in the Hebrew. We read it in the English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greek was their common language. And, and so when, when John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God, they would have identified that word with Isaiah 53, 7, the sheep that, bef- no, uh, not the sheep that was before the shearers, but the, uh, um, uh, the lamb that is silent as it's uh, taken off to be sacrificed. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, and that's the passage that the New Testament loves. Uh, you remember the story of Philip and the eunuch? Remember yeah. that story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that story. Oh, yeah. So the Lord leads Philip to go uh, to the roadside, and he encounters uh, this Ethiopian eunuch who's in a chariot. And as he rides along, he's reading uh, the Old Testament scriptures, he, uh, and this, he has this scroll. And he's reading from the book of Isaiah and doesn't understand who this passage is talking about. And, and the verse that he's reading is like a sheep that was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shears is silent. So yeah. he opens out his mouth. So it's the very passage we've been discussing. Uh, and then Peter, too, in his letter, he, he uses this word for lamb, this omnis. If you wouldn't mind reading First sure. Peter 1, 18 through 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. All right. So there it is. There's that Passover lamb. Everything that you said to earlier, right, is that he's without spot or blemish. Uh, he makes the sacrifice. And, and that's that's what it's all about. Um, so I think it's just cool that you have this image of the lamb in the Old Testament and you have the image of the lamb in the New Testament. And guess what, Matt? There is one more image of the lamb in the New Testament that we need to talk about, okay? But if you don't mind, I don't want to talk about it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You're going to keep us in suspense? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, although uh, there is one more word, as long as we're covering okay. all the words. All right. Uh, um, you want Arnus is another word. It's not sure. used very often. It's only used one place. Luke 10, 3, if you want to read oh, that. Very good. Uh, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Okay, uh, and and uh, this uh, is also used in the Old Testament, Isaiah 65, 25. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the, the serpent's food. 
So, so you see there in the picture the wolf and the lamb. Yes. What's that say about the lamb? <laughs> or if you were a lamb, what would your thoughts be? Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm lying, I'm pretty vulnerable with this wolf here, right? Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> typically, it'd be a thing to fear. And again, it's the same thing with Luke there. I, I'm sitting out as lambs, again, in the midst of wolves, see? So Jesus yeah. is obviously thinking again of Isaiah when he says this. And that's the emphasis of the word arnus. It's about a lamb that's very weak and vulnerable, probably a, I don't know, maybe even a baby lamb. Yeah, in fact, that's the kind of lamb. It hasn't even been weaned yet. And so, the, and it, it's interesting. But now, now we have one more word, and, and we'll talk about that, because it's actually the word that means little lamb, and where it shows up in the uh, New Testament is a very, very surprising place. So we'll do that next week, Matt. And then are you ready to get back to the armor of God? I'm ready. We are going to uh, talk about the breastplate of righteousness. So we'll do the little lamb to start off and we'll move on to the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, thank you, uh, Matt, for being with us here. And this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.